Welcome to this week's episode of Weird in High School. My name is Breton Lee John, your host, Calgary, Alberta-based singer-songwriter. This week, I am delighted to be joined by Anna Tivill. Anna has long been one of my most aspirational benchmarks for how to write songs, and she is a fantastic person. I had a really lovely conversation with her that left me feeling light and airy and then got to watch McFlannery in her remote vicinity. So it was really a lovely experience up at Edmonton Folk Fest, and thank you to everyone at Edmonton Folk Fest for for having me there, crashing the party and uh, interviewing folks, chasing things down. I'd also like to say thank you to the whole team at Bayerica Coffee Company in Calgary. They sent me with a whole bunch of beans to give to podcast guests and get the good word about some good beans out. So wherever you are, I think you can order their beans through their website. That's Bayerica, B-A-Y-A-R-I-C-A. Go find them in Bridgeland. Come on down to the open mic. Come on down to some of the shows if you're in Calgary. Without further ado, let's get into this chat with Anna Tibble. Okay, so I'm sitting here at Edmonton Folk Fest with Anna. I want to make sure I have the pronunciation correct. Tibble. Tibble. Okay, yeah. I thought it was Tibble, <laughs> but I've heard people go Tibble and like say all these crazy things. It's kind of like Jason Isbell, which does lead me into a question. So, one of the things I wanted to ask you about. You build such rich worlds in your songs, but I feel like this is one of my thoughts driving, listening to the question. I feel like you put us right into emotions rather than telling us the story, you tell us how the story feels. And I'm, I'm such a huge fan of narrative songwriting and someone I always reference is Jason Isbell. I feel like Jason Isbell goes, here's the story and here's every nuance of the story. Is it? Do you feel like it's a fair assessment to say that that you're you, you feel to me like a world builder? How do you build those worlds? Where where in your brain does does that live? Huh. That's such a good question. I I think we were kind of talking about this before you pressed play, but I I have often felt like I am not a very great communicator in the world until I until I stumbled on songwriting and to me it's this way to kind of circle around feelings and images and ways that like all the different layers of things and, and I kind of think maybe it feels really good to me to explore emotions that way and I don't know I, I I don't seem to have a mind for facts and dates and the way, like, the concrete ways things actually are, and and I just think songs allow me to express the way I take in the world in in a way that lets me connect with people, and it's sort of like this drug wonder to me to, to be able to have that one, that one way to sometimes say something that, that people can also feel, yeah. Do you have a hard time with, and absolutely correct me if any of my assumptions are incorrect here, it feels to me like 
you have to have a lot of your mental real estate dedicated to dreaming up these worlds. Do you have a difficult time existing in the physical one surrounding you? Sometimes. I really... I was thinking about that here at the festival because I, I felt so overwhelmed when I first got here. But really, I just love to watch. And I think especially when there's a lot going on, I just like to take it in on, a, on sort of a visceral level. And I think that's, a, I don't know, yeah, my favorite thing is to be at the window of some place just watching the world go by and... Yeah, I used to feel bad about that, but I think it's maybe just the speed that I'm going isn't always the speed that everyone else is going, and I kind of just want to take in the sensations, and I feel the best when when I'm able to relate to things that way. I've had these uh, interesting moments with... Uh, I personally have a hard time feeling, because I'm a very introverted person, that's where I love songwriting. I feel like, as a kid especially songs were worlds I could live in that were better than the one that I do live in and I could hear emotions and as like this really overly emotional kid or feeling overly emotional and not understanding the power in it um, it felt like something to attach to and I feel like that made it so that when I was meeting songwriters I'm like finally the people that I'll understand and I've had a very hard time find connecting to other songwriters but I think I'm realizing and I want your take on this that that maybe we're all these like kind of spazzy introverts and then you put a bunch of songwriters together at a festival and they're all like maybe wondering if everyone else doesn't like them or they're just zoned out like what's your take on that situation uh, I think that's very true but it, yeah and it's an interesting world to move around in also because it's it's, it always feels a little split half and half like there's there's your kind of super internal writing in their closets by themselves and then you also have like people that are m m like more of their percentage is driven by performance and and it's this funny meeting of worlds these like very internal animals and these very external animals and I think we all sort of appreciate each other from afar while doing our strange, strange dances inside of ourselves. And yeah. How is it for you to, it kind of almost feels like it's necessitated by convention and I'm really having a hard time with the convention that you're meant to go tour and perform. I kind of think like, I'm kind of consumed with this idea, why can't you be like the J.D. Salinger of songs and just like crank them out and never go out into the world? But in a lot of ways it feels like we have to. How do you grapple or do you enjoy it? Are you energized by it, the, the touring and the performing? It's definitely a constant navigation and I there's really something in touring and performing that throws me into the world in a way that I don't seem to foster when I'm when I'm not doing doing those things I sort of will be a super hermit and not connect with anybody and touring kind of forces me to be very out there and, and also you're just seeing so many people and the way people live and and because you're doing something vulnerable people will come 
be vulnerable with you and that's like a, a connection that I am not always good at creating in in my own life outside of music and yeah and but then also it's really a constant check-in with especially with the promotion of mu- like the things that make you be able to pay the bills with music to try to tour enough to come home and be able to pay for for the things in your life it's yeah it's kind of a navigation of how much of that stuff feels okay with your soul and kind of keeping the scales bent toward writing and toward creating and connecting and not ever letting the posting of your face on the internet overpower those things and yeah I think everybody has their own balance with that and sort of this constant check-in the pandemic was really good for that it was this really still time to be like okay what does all this actually mean to me and how do I want to go forward and really try to grow as a person and be whole and and be generous on stage and not 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 let myself get eaten up by the parts of it that don't feed my heart kind of Do you consciously hold a separation between your between performing Anna and street Anna? You it took me until you were standing in front of me, you walking towards me to identify you with your hair in braids. And like you kind of have the like actor in witness protection outfit going on. I, I, I mean that just as an observation and not with any attachment to it but is that a conscious thing for you like putting on putting on the suit and kind of demarcating the performance from real life not I'm kind of terrible at I just am who I am and and also yeah I don't but mostly I'm just trying not to get my scalp sunburned today (laughs) but but I do I have been trying to experiment a little bit with like I started sewing during the pandemic, so I've been making these suits out of tablecloths and things and kind of been experimenting with, because I feel very naked on stage sometimes and I'm not good at, I'm not a performer in the way of like stepping into, I just am up there. And so if I'm feeling really raw and emotional, sometimes it's, sometimes it feels like a lot to to kind of, be observed by people when you when you're feeling extra internal and you're kind of singing your diary pretty much uh so i've been messing around a little bit with wearing these suits i've sewn out of tablecloths just to feel like okay maybe this is also a form of expression and uh, trying to find things that make me feel more like myself and and uh yeah ways ways to kind of i'm always trying to be more generous on stage and i I sometimes I think my internal nature causes me to f- curl inward when I want to kind of give outwardly and just trying to figure out more ways to do that that feels safe to a, to a person who likes to feel invisible, you know? Do you struggle with having your own identity or your own sense of person while you're building worlds of others while you (laughs) see someone getting dressed in a window and and construct the narrative around that do you feel like in your life that creates kind of 
I'm trying to refine this question so that it's clear. Do you feel like it takes something from your self-expression to be so expressive for these narratives and worlds that you create based on kind of Corbelun says having the antenna up? Hmm. You ask such good questions. Uh, I kind of, I kind of think it's a way to connect to the world, and you're you're just like seeing the way other people are moving through it, and the like your perception of of the way their emotions are rolling and the way their day is going. And I I kind of I don't always like to. Lay out everything about myself, but I love to, to, to lay out a story that I really connect to. Whatever the overarching, whether it's loneliness or like feeling small or, or feeling hopeful when the world is ugly, but you can find these little beautiful moments. And I, I think you sort of are, or I sort of am, expressing who I am. But it's just not always in an with my own story. I, maybe I don't feel like my own story has like the weight of, uh, there's like a beauty in, in what I observe in other people that I don't always feel about my own stories for, for whatever reason. And I like to, yeah, I like to step into other worlds, I think, when mine feels a little too chaotic or mind Bendy. <laughs> that uh, that that felt like some, that felt like something I would hear in a book. That that part about there's a beauty in other worlds and kind of that escapism. I, I certainly relate to that. <laughs> Your music, I can't say that I have anyone else to compare you to. Um, how did you come to, or was it a conscious process at all to? discover your unique voice and rhythm and lyricism even down to your arrangements your arrangements are consistently unique and like just you're seeing your performance was some of the most impressive musicianship i've seen recently did all that fall into place for you or was there like a 14 year old anna that was listening to joni mitchell and trying to figure out where she fit in the matrix (laughs) I, I think it's just such a journey. I I didn't start writing songs till my mid-twenties after college. I played violin when I was a kid, so I've always been... Like, music has felt like a really deep expression to me in a way to be a quiet person and have emotions that, that you can get out of your body sometimes. And But yeah, it's been a total... I just sort of started writing on a friend's borrowed guitar and I I don't know it just took hold of me in this way that nothing ever has and I had I sort of had this like burning desire I still have to just get things out that way to express that way and but I've sort of explored I don't know what chords I'm playing or I've had a lot of great collaborations like the guys that I'm on tour with now are just amazing musicians and they have their own 
worlds that they're kind of adding to the songs, which I love, and it's sort of experimenting with different people. And the records I've made have been with some good friends who have done the same thing, kind of added their voice to the thing, and I love that experience because I'm pretty much just like singing a poem, and then they can add this like musicality that gives it this other life. And I really love that experience for sure. Do you have a hard time remembering your own lyrics? I certainly, I like I, I listen to your songs and I'm mind blown by them because, <laughs> and th- this will be a little personally indulgent, but I host an open mic and I always read poetry at the open mic, and I've never had anyone react to my songs the way they react to my poetry. <laughs> but when I write songs, I can't make songs. Like, to me, the most impressive thing is when you can fit that world into the constraints of... You you can do whatever you want with poetry. With free verse, you can do anything. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to even syllabically fit. But I have this measure to to make, contribute a part of the story. It has to be one quarter of this part of the story in this line. And it has to sound pleasing. So that that was a long-winded way for me to say I, I really admire and am impressed by the way that you do that. You pack so much information in and so much description. Really roundabout way of asking, is it hard to recall on stage? <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. I'm really interested in... I think I like the format so much and I I think my very favorite form is short stories and I have like such a giant amount of love and respect for the short story writers that I have found that really make you feel humanity but I I think I don't relay my information that way and to have the constraints of chords and and a short amount of time it kind of allows you to not give all the details and to kind of give images and and people fill in the blanks with their own lives in this way that I love and I think I would love to write short stories but it terrifies me and and songs feel like this way that you can work it out a lot more viscerally almost and but I don't know I feel like there's also no rules like you could you could not rhyme and you can even though I fucking love rhyming but you know it's like I really like that there really is no way as long as you're saying something that feels like what you really mean and you you're not saying it for any ulterior motive it's like you could just say one word over and over again and if it was like emotionally resonant for other people it would feel like a song and you mm-hmm. you'd feel it you I think that's like like I love double entendre and um, John Mercer's repetition makes it real and that's in <laughs> reference to playing a guitar riff but it's like I think it goes for lyricism too I, this is going to be a dumb example to use but I like those lines that you can hear them a million times, think they're stupid, and then you get them one day. I had that with, uh, which Kanye West line was it? It's like, sorry I'm in pajamas, but I just got off the PJ. And I always thought that was so stupid, and I'm like, wait, PJ is private jet. Uh, sorry I'm in pajamas, because I just got off my private jet. It's like so many flexes in one little, <laughs> but like, on the face stupid package. Um, are there lines that you've written 
that feel like a three-pointer? Are there like hmm. are there certain you know ends of a verse that when you, when you came up with them, you're like dunk. <laughs> I don't know. The, I I really love when an ending line can can like tie tie the not tie the ribbon in the way of like ta-da, but tie a ribbon on this like leave you with the sentiment that you wanted the story to create. I love when the ending line can be that and but I don't know. I don't I don't think I write very consciously of like what I'm I think I just sort of like hack away at it for hours and hours and hours and hours until whatever internal system says, "Okay, all done or you know, done for now." And but I think I like that about it. You could like sometimes I write a lot of versions of songs or a lot of versions of verses and I like that there's different ways, there's different roads that the story can take or that the song can take and and you kind of circle around until it feels right to your heart or something and then and then it lives there and yeah, so lines are like that. Sometimes you get excited about one but later it doesn't serve the story and yeah it's like precious and not precious at the same time I want to ask you on a lighter topic about your J45 I'm very I'm a huge guitar nerd I have a a 50s triple 018 Martin and I have this belief that there's like that every songwriter needs to meet their guitar. Do you feel like you met your guitar in that guitar? Totally. I hunted for a long time for that guitar. I had like saved up. I was playing this really boxy but wonderful $100 Harmony Sovereign guitar for a long time. It was sort of like playing a baseball bat. But I liked the wooden, it had this wooden sound, but I had this like dark, big warm guitar sound in my mind that and I went on this tour a while back and went to like every guitar shop and played all these different guitars and and I found this this J45 that I have this little shop in Salt Lake City and it was like it just felt like exactly the sound that I was dreaming of except for the guys at the shop were total jerks (laughs) So I left and I went on a tour for a whole month and I just thought about it every day and then I circled back on the way back and decided that it didn't matter if they were jerks. That was, that was the guitar for me. I think that second chance with it, the fact that it was still there. That's true, yeah. Is meaningful. Yeah. I have to, and we're short on time, and I, but, but I have, with my triple O, I played it at this shop in Calgary, this little hole in the wall, and it was consigned there. And it was like stupid amount of money, and I was. But there's, they didn't make a lot of smaller body Martins back in that day because it was pre-amplification. And I was like, if it's here when I can afford it, it's meant for me. I came back and it wasn't. It was like this weight off my shoulder. I didn't need to buy it. And I listened to Jeff Tweedy's book and dropped out of business school. And my mom goes, "That's a shame because this was gonna be your grad gift." So then I had to buy the guitar from my mom, but I, I think oh, that's great story. I feel like the guitar for you finds you also. It's like it, it, it puts some some roadblocks up for you, and you need to 
you need to get there. And I think once once you do get there, they're these best friends. But yeah, totally. But I want to ask you also about transitioning to Mama Bird and how that came about. Um, kind of through the pandemic, I I had a different label that was. I've put out a bunch of records with a really wonderful label called Fluff and Gravy in Portland and then was going to uh, put this new one out with a different label and then the pandemic happened and they couldn't do it and just so sort of went through all these iterations and trying to find a home for this thing that could that could help a little bit because I'm have zero <laughs> funds uh, yeah and, and this, this so it's another little wonderful independent label in Portland called Mama Bird and we've been friends for a while and sort of just connected over that and they're real music lovers which feels so good it's like they're they've been really helpful but also just it doesn't feel like business at all it feels just like friends trying to support each other and yeah so it's been great this is this is my first experience with them and and it's i feel lucky to have been able to work with both of these great little indie labels in portland that that also feel like friends and we know each other's partners and kids and yeah it's great you're in some good company there the the top of my mind is Haley hendrix Mm -hmm. she's amazing yeah she's really wonderful and there's I mean, especially noticing there's something... I have this, like, Nashville fixation in my mind, but the more I discover modern-day Portland scene, people like Cassie Velazza, yourself, Jeffrey Martin, there's... What do you think it is about Portland? It feels like it's maybe kind of a, like an oddball <laughs> in a good way. Like, it seems maybe like a home for the less conventional. Yeah, Portland's so great. It's so... There's a lot of music happening there, and a, people just really support each other, and it does not feel like there's beautiful studios and great musicians, but it, there's zero like business shine, kind of, and I really love that. You're never having conversations about who you're writing with or who you're doing this or that with or... You know, it's just always like, oh, I love that song. That let's like sit around on my porch and play songs. That just, yeah. Every time I travel to other spots, it makes me realize that Portland really, even though it's growing like every city, it really has a special music scene, and there's a lot of folks that are really trying to make the scene there, like make the bigger businesses in Portland part of supporting the art scene, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, uh, I've been looking at the Map Room studio as a, as yeah. a place to record. And yeah. I, I especially love, and maybe one final kind of more conventional question here is, is about the Blue World album. That's reinterpretations with keys of a lot of your songs. What? It's definitely a thing I think we all dream of, of like reinterpreting songs, but it can be hard to put the capital behind it when, when you're at, you know the level where you're still paying rent. Um, how did you embolden yourself to do that and give yourself the license to, to reinterpret those songs in that way and, and you know justify the investment? I think it was just like a really timing-based and situational. It was kind of in the depths of the pandemic and my 
my good friend Galen Clark, who's an amazing keys player, we were just, he was like the only person I saw, and we just would hang out in his basement and wander around through songs, and we kind of got so weird, and I love the sounds he makes, and we did it all super cheap. We just went into the map room studio for two days with our other friend Micah playing drums, and we just did it really fast and live, and I I really like the feeling of just having things be a time stamp, and you're not worried about flaws or you know how what else could we put on this or how could we make this better it just sort of is this emotional moment and we're all sort of in our masks and just trying to make music together after not having gotten to for a long time and yeah felt like a room full of good friends with their eyes closed just making songs and I really liked that experience I really I I love live things I think we're hyper fixated on not just capturing a moment. I really love John Butler's most popular song is one that he's never formally recorded. It's Ocean. Ah, that's great. And it doesn't even have lyrics. And I just, I love that idea that you can have things grow with you and and meaning and feeling change. Because, you know, a song's not a movie. It should be this really pliable thing. Um, My final question that I ask everyone is... If you could give any advice to yourself, if you were starting out now, what advice would that be? Oh, man. Get ready to sleep in the van, girl. Um, I would just I would just remind myself or tell myself that no, just it's just the writing and the connecting with people is really the only thing. And, and you can, like, try all the other stuff to... to to try to get to keep doing it for a job but it it you know just at the end of the day it's just songs and and I think that just holding that as the most important thing just kind of trying to be honest and trying to grow as a person and nowhere there's nowhere to like get to I don't yeah there's nowhere it's just this is today is life and tomorrow is life and if you need to write a song about it, do that. And I think that, that nowhere to get to is, is, is... I always try to treat that question as something like, what would I have wanted to hear? What was I always looking for when I was more naive and younger? And, um, and we've had some fantastic answers, but I think especially that, that nowhere to get to place, I'm realizing right now with my look behind the curtain that these people that I listen to on podcasts like wander around aimlessly before they're set and they don't know where they're sleeping and and like I was blocking Jim Cuddy from a cheese tray the other day I don't know if that's meaningful to you as an American but Blue Rodeo is a Canadian institution like you're born knowing their songs and um, and, and you really realize how much everyone is a human and uh, and they're still sad, and they're still there. I don't mean that to me, make it all jaded, but at, I think you you remain yourself the entire way through the process. Maybe despite your best intentions not to. Yeah, and it's just yeah. I don't think the stage uh, you, like maybe you're more visible sometimes because you're expressing yourself on a stage, but I don't think it makes you any more or less artistic or what you have to say any more or less 
valuable. I think it's just that you're doing it in front of people, and, and that comes with some some like really special moments, and also a lot of a lot of humbling moments and and ridiculous moments, and just times to check yourself and make sure you don't think you deserve anything because it's not about that. It's just it's just a way to talk about the world and yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm going to make a habit of putting the website in the show notes for whoever the guest is this week, which means that you can find Anna and find her music, find her tours. I strongly, strongly recommend seeing her live show. Her band is completely incredible and one of the best things I've seen in this significant and drawn out festival circuit I've been on. So go do that. Go chase down Anna's stuff. Support her. Support the artists you love. Support this show by telling people about it. I have music on the internet. Every past guest has music on the internet. Go find them. Go support the things you love. And uh, put your money where your mouth is. I hope that's not too preachy. But uh, I've just I've been overwhelmed recently by the volume of inspiration and the medicative quality of music. And I really would like to see all these fantastic people I've been talking to be able to pay their bills and maybe have a little more room than a Prius to tour in. Without dragging it on too long here, we'll see you on the next one.